There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement, and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jeremy Okrafka. Jeremy is the founder of Mentor Network and the Funding Path Program. He helps organizations improve their capacity to hire, innovate, and make an impact by accessing grant programs, incentives, and partnerships. As an entrepreneur, educator, and community builder, Jeremy has a vision for Canada's culture of mentorship and aligning entrepreneurs with social change. In addition to his own business, Jeremy is a senior grant writer with Get Grants and Funding and Partnerships Manager with Time Saved. I first met Jeremy in his tireless work in Ontario's startup system as a volunteer. That's included working with Startup York Region, Mastermind Talks, Fireside Conference, Techstars, Startup Weekend, Enactus, and JCI Toronto. Jeremy has previously worked with Venture Lab, Seneca College, BizLunch, and the Canadian Association of Career Educators and Employers. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Rick. Delighted to have you here. Um, I know you, as I mentioned earlier, as this guy who was volunteering with a smile on his face at just about every tech event I attended in Toronto or the uh, surrounding hinterland. And uh, it was amazing how many places you were at and what kind of a commitment you were making to 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 start up events all over the place so so first of all thank you for doing that that, that that's the that's an incredible contribution well I, I just love my time you know anytime i get to be around the startup community and uh, you know get to contribute in some way i uh, you know i just have this fascination and curiosity for you know kind of how businesses come together and support each other. And uh, so, yeah, I, lo I love every opportunity I get to uh, kind of contribute or volunteer with organizations like that. Off the top, what are the top pieces of advice that you hope entrepreneurs are going to take away from our conversation, particularly around the idea of applying for, for, for uh, government programs and grants? Yeah, so over the, over the last six months, I've been having a lot of conversations 
with entrepreneurs about navigating uh, kind of public funding systems and in particular grants and incentives. And so, you know, kind of a few of the key pieces of advice that I think will be valuable for entrepreneurs to take away today are, you know, number one, uh, before you start applying to grant programs, spend some time about learning how the system works. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, we have a perception of how it should work. Uh, and, and then we come to learn the reality of how it actually does. And so I think, you know, investing a little bit of time, uh, you know, to talk to other entrepreneurs who, uh, you know, have received some of the types of funding uh, that you're looking for, um, you know, ask them about strategies or approaches that they've used, what worked, what didn't. Um, and, you know, kind of referencing back to, you know, kind of how we met over and over, you know, finding a community of entrepreneurs who are at the stage and pace that your business is operating at and, you know, working through the process with them, you know, finding a mastermind or a forum group or an incubator uh, can be a really good place for this. Um, or one of Canada's 35 startup communities. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, you know, I think back fondly on, I, you know, the time that I spent in the early days of Startup York region, I were, were those types of, you know, kind of mastermind or, you know, kind of group chats I, that would, you know, kind of get together at a local bar or coffee shop or at Venture Lab and, uh, you know, just talk about things like this. Um, so yeah, startup communities, uh, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, a valuable asset uh, to entrepreneurs to, you know, help get access to this type of advice. Um, and then, you know, kind of the third piece would be develop a plan. Um, so I use a model called uh, a funding roadmap, uh, you know, where we identify, you know, kind of what the core 12 month business goals are. And then from there, you can kind of unfold and identify, you know, kind of what actions we need to take in the next, you know, 30, 60, 90 days to uh, identify funding programs and get our application processes started. All right. Well, that sounds like work. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't come without, uh, yeah, a significant investment of time and resources to, uh, to be able to access these programs. Okay, so let's get right to the question everyone's asking themselves right now. Do you think there are a lot of Canadian entrepreneurs who are leaving money on the table by not, you know, systematically applying for specific government grants and programs? Yeah, so, uh, you know, of, of the, you know, kind of almost 100 entrepreneurs I've spoken with uh, in the past six months about this, um, there, there's a couple different groups that they fall into. Um, one are the group that... Uh, you know, kind of identifies that they want to pursue funding, but then get really frustrated because, uh, you know, it's it's hard to navigate and find the programs that are a good fit for them. Or another group, uh, you know, go down the path of applying to some programs and get really frustrated or discouraged with those first few applications that they get rejected for, uh, and then kind of throw their hands up and then say, you know, kind of, uh, you know, this this system doesn't work. Um, so I, so I think there are a lot of companies like that, particularly in the early stages, um, who get frustrated either because they don't, you know, know how to find the right programs, or if they do, uh, they get caught up in the application process. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've met a lot of companies who, uh, yeah, who are leaving money on the table for, for one of those two reasons. Wow. 
I'm going to ask you another toughie. How easy is it for, you know, small companies, entrepreneurs with limited resources, how easy is it for them to apply for grants and other government assistance? And how much easier do we need it to get? Yeah. Oh, this is, this is a really tough question. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, and, and there's a few reasons for that. You know, one, um, it's an upfront investment of really valuable time and resources. So, you know, you think of the early stages of a small business launching, um, and you know, their number one priority is, you know, how do I find customers and then how do I operationalize my business? You know, whether that's through financing, building a team, getting systems in place to be able to start to scale it. Um, then you throw in, you know, the hours it takes finding and applying to funding programs, um, with a really uncertain outcome at that stage. Um, and it's not easy at all. Um, so that's, uh, you know, it, that, that's one of the cautions that I give to a lot of early stage businesses if they're, if they're looking at this, um, is that uh, it, it's going to be an uphill, you know, kind of struggle if, if they're thinking about funding uh, before they, you know, kind of get some stability inside of their business. And how much easier do we need it to get? Mm. Um, so, I mean, this, this might come you know, more around aligning expectations. Um, because I think one of the things that we've really seen shift over the past five years is a move on the part of government from investing in early stage startups to scale up companies. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's probably a, a number of good reasons for that. Um, not that I've not that I've heard clearly articulated, but, you know, I've got my interpretations. So one is that um, investing in companies once they become a bit more mature is a better return on investment uh, for us as a country. Um, and the reason for that is that, uh, you know, kind of it aligns with public interests like, you know, secure jobs, very scalable uh, innovation and export. Um, and the other part of that is that you know, very early stage companies, uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty to them. Um, and, uh, you know, in my time, you know, working within, you know, regional innovation centers and small business centers and on-campus incubators, um, I, when there was funding accessible to very early stage companies, um, it wasn't necessarily an indicator that they were going to survive. And that, that was, that was part of, uh, that was, a really hard decision I can imagine for government to make a few years ago uh, when they started to shift funding from early stage companies to more mature scale up companies. So you're telling me it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> no, no, I don't think, I, I don't think so. Not for, not for very early stage companies. Right. Um, I mean, let's face know, it. It's like investing in baby turtles. A million of them are, are hatch on the beach on one moon filled night and three or four get to the sea before the gulls get them. Yeah, no. And I, and, and I can, and I can, I, you know, create the parallel to, um, you know, when I, when I was first getting into the startup community about 10 years ago, um, or at least, you know, kind of a, a, a different role within the startup community, I, the, a lot of the conversation at that point 
was from startups looking at how they would get private investors, so angels or VCs. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, I, you know, we did within, uh, you know, kind of the innovation centers was to really do a lot of education around, you know, kind of what they could expect from private investors. And over time, you know, I, I've seen startups have much better expectation going into that private funding process than they did 10 years ago. Um, I, th I think we need to do a much better job in terms of helping to set those expectations with public funding as well. Okay. Reset your expectations, all those who enter here. Okay. We're going to get to uh, talking about some of the programs that are out there that you think are really hitting the mark for small business. But first, um, let's talk a little bit more about you and your entrepreneurial journey. So I knew you as a volunteer and as a resource in, in as, as a staff resource in, in, in various uh, startup organizations, entrepreneurship organizations. But what led you on your entrepreneur path to Mentor Network? Yeah, so Mentor, Mentor Network um, initially started out as uh, you know, kind of a bit of a passion project. Um, I've been really fortunate to have a number of key mentors influence my business, uh, you know, kind of journey and career in the very early stages. And um, in, in and around uh, kind of 2010, 2011, I had a very influential mentor who worked with me over the course of about 18 months. And that experience led me to uh, develop a workshop that I started delivering in uh, colleges and young professionals groups about how to, uh, you know, kind of search for and engage with a mentor. Um, and, you know, just just out of, you know, kind of running events uh, around mentorship and doing those workshops, I, I got a contract with an organization to help with a mentorship program and that snowballed into a few more. And I, then within a couple of years, uh, it had become a full-time business uh, helping universities, colleges, and entrepreneurship programs uh, launch and grow mentorship programs. And that's cool. And then how did you then get into the funding path and the whole grants area? Was it a natural progression or was it a, 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 a you know, a big left turn, a right turn? Yeah. So this, this one was more uh, something that I, that I, you know, I kind of uh, fell on me, um, you know, dur during COVID last year, uh, last year, I was working with a, a startup and I, you know, things kind of went sideways you know, at, at the start of the pandemic, uh, because a lot of our revenue was heavily driven, uh, you know, by in-person public events. And so I picked up uh, a side gig at that point in time, uh, you know, doing some grant writing uh, with Get Grants. And uh, grant writing had been a big part of, uh, you know, what I was involved with working at Venture Lab and, you know, in a previous uh, role, um, you know, working with a not-for-profit. Um, so I started, uh, you know, doing some grant writing. And at the start of February, I just had a few extra, you know, hours in my schedule. And I put out a post uh, on the Facebook group, the Toronto Entrepreneurs of Purpose and Passion, uh, just essentially saying, you know, hey, I've got a couple extra hours this week. Uh, you know, if there are any, uh, you know, small businesses that need some help navigating, uh, you know, grants or other types of public funding, uh, I'm ha I'd be happy to hop on a call. 
And I thought that would be, you know, kind of three to four calls to, you know, kind of help some early stage companies, uh, you know, kind of figure out which grants to apply to. Um, Sorry, and you, you were you were offering to do this sort of as a as a volunteer with time on their hands or as um, a side hustle. Yeah, no, as a volunteer, I, you know, at the at the time, I was primarily writing, uh, you know, grants for institutions like uh, colleges and municipalities. And so this was just something that, you know, kind of I that I missed working with early stage companies. And, you know, I knew a lot about, uh, you know, kind of the funding ecosystem for, uh, you know, early stage small businesses. And so very, you know, much just a volunteer, you know, kind of here, I, here's how I, here's how I think I can help. And, you know, if this would be a benefit to you. Um, and I, you know, I thought I would do like three or four calls that week and that would be the end of it. And so what that turned into was, I, uh, you know, I, I got, you know, flooded with requests, um, and from a lot of different types of businesses that I didn't anticipate, um, you know, everything from, you know, at some of the, you know, earlier stage companies that I'd done a lot of work with, to, with, to much more mature companies. So companies 20, 25 years in business already, but who had never taken advantage of uh, grant funding and, you know, would hear about it in their peer groups and, uh, so, you know, now as of this week, I, you know, I just did a count this morning and I think I've done about 96 of those support calls, uh, you know, all volunteer um, at, you know, for the first call. And I, you know, it's it's really given me some unique insight in terms of, I, you know, kind of what I, companies are dealing with as they try and navigate public funding. And uh, from from the, that, those first few weeks of calls, I realized there were some common challenges that I, you know, I could I help support companies through, I, you know, kind of with a little bit of coaching and support uh, on that side of things. So so but and, and in the course of that work, you've essentially built a business, though, right? Yeah, it's um, it's it's spun into, uh, yeah, this business that I'm now calling Funding Path. Um, it's, uh, and so we run it as a 90 day program to help companies build their capacity to, you know, first of all, identify, uh, what types of funding that they're looking for, um, set up a system to, uh, be able to, uh, research, uh, and map the programs that they're pursuing, uh, and then work within their team to, uh, you know, kind of help identify all the key team members that need to be involved in applying to funding. Um, and then, you know, kind of coaching and supporting them as they, you know, kind of go through the strategy, um, and evaluation of a program and then the editing and application. It sounds like you've gone from actually being a grant writer to sort of being more of a consultant and trying to help organizations systematize the process. Is that right? Uh, yeah, right now I'm, I, you know, doing, doing a bit of both. I, you know, so I, so I continue to do grant writing. Um, and I am also, you know, kind of working on a building and developing systems that I can coach them on how to implement within their organization. Uh, so it, yeah, one of the things that I've seen is that the companies who are most effective uh, at uh, sustainably attracting public funding over the long term uh, develop good structures within their organization. They're not always relying on external grant writers, 
Um, so that that's one of my big commitments within this is to, you know, kind of figure out, you know, kind of what are what are those processes? What are those things that uh, we can help them develop in their own team and, and train their their team members so that they can, uh, you know, kind of do this in a really uh, sustainable and effective way. And is this one of those uh, faux training systems where you introduce people to how, how it's so complicated that really they want to hire you to write every grant or is it real capacity building? It's real capacity building. I, my, my intention, you know, is, is not to be their grant writer. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have been mentoring, um, you know, over the past couple months, a, a grant writer who I do, you know, kind of refer some work out to, um, when they, when they do need to bring in an additional grant writer, but I, you know, that, not part of my business model. I don't, I don't, I, you know, get a referral fee or anything for that. It's, uh, it really is, uh, you know, kind of developed around the model of them bringing their grant writing in internally. Can you share an example of a, of, you know, a client's progress with us, like someone that hired you maybe to, 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 to help them get a specific grant. And now you've, uh, house trained them and, and, and the, 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 they're, they're going out there and, uh, and, and getting multiple funding from different areas based on the techniques and assistance that you've provided? Yeah. So one of, one of the first members of our program uh, is a company called A Spectrum. And uh, they're a social enterprise that is focused on uh, helping connect neurodiverse individuals uh, into employment. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that I, you know, is a real strength within their company is both that I, uh, you know, they've been great at developing, uh, you know, partnerships as well as they have a strong internal capacity to, you know, kind of write good copy as well as, uh, you know, kind of tell their story. And uh, so started working with them uh, back in April and, uh, you know, kind of very quickly we identified, uh, you know, kind of a few key areas in their business um, that they were looking to grow in. Um, one is that they, they needed to hire somebody with some technical capabilities, uh, to, uh, to help them, uh, you know, kind of implement, uh, some of the digital systems that would help them scale. Uh, and so we applied to the, uh, career launcher, uh, program through colleges and institutes Canada. Uh, and recently, uh, they, uh, brought on, uh, a new recent graduate, from McMaster University, uh, who's helping them implement uh, a new uh, customer relationship management system and applicant tracking system. Um, and uh, then we've also applied for a number of other grants uh, that say that they'll be hearing back from uh, on the, in the next couple of months. Uh, but what re what I really love about their story is uh, you know how one of their co-founders, Julian, really took on, uh, you know, kind of the lead uh, in uh, becoming, you know, kind of the, the funding manager within their team uh, and has just done a great job, uh, you know, very independent uh, of myself for our program, going out and identifying and applying to programs. And he comes back and reports later and, uh, you know, has talked about, you know, kind of how simple the processes become, you know, now that they built some of those early building blocks and have a good process to identify and apply to programs. Sounds like a, sounds like a, a great uh, testimonial story. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I presume that you've, that, that, that 
you've built obviously there are costs to this service but i presume that you've um somehow figured out a way to make it work for organizations that are just uh starting out and and struggling for resources i it, it's a, it's a really good question um the program really isn't designed the answer is no <laughs> yeah it, the, the the program really isn't designed for um you know early stage startups um you know and, and that and that's why i always offer my support for free up front um so you know presently I'm working with 14 organizations. Um, I did 96 free support calls uh, in order to, you know, kind of find a, that fit with those 14 organizations. So most of what I do for early stage startups, uh, you know, is, is the type of advisory support that I used to provide uh, through Venture Lab or through some of the mentorship programs. Uh, that I was involved with, with uh, Seneca or the city of Toronto. Uh, and that's really just helping them, you know, kind of identify and navigate uh, the process um, of applying to grants. Um, and so, you know, I, can, I continue to offer that support for free, uh, which, which does, you know, hopefully at least get, get companies started down the path. And, uh, and there are a lot of free supports through, you know, small business centers and innovation centers and on-campus incubators uh, that also, you know, kind of help them at that early stage. Right. Okay. That, that, that's a perfectly legitimate answer. Thank you. How can people find out more about you and Funding Path? Yeah, the best way is to uh, reach out and connect on LinkedIn. Um, you know, if you if you mention uh, that uh, you heard Rick and I uh, talking about grant funding on the Startup Canada podcast, I'd you know be happy to uh, you know schedule a call just to help them you know kind of understand you know kind of what type of process that they want to use in terms of applying to funding. Uh, so always happy to connect like that. Okay, thank you. And for those in their car who aren't in, in traffic, who can't dare to look at the screen, uh, your name is Jeremy O'Krafka, O-apostrophe-K-R-A-F-K-A. And the first K is a big K, but that doesn't actually really matter online, so that's okay. Tell me, what, are there some examples of uh, government grants or funding out there that, that you think are really working for early-stage companies? Yeah, so... You know, I'll go, I'll go back to um, the program that I referenced, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago uh, that uh, a spectrum received funding through. Um, so, I, you know, Colleges and Institutes Canada uh, is one of the delivery organizations for the um, Digital Skills for Youth program, uh, which is a program that, you know, helps to connect um, a early state or small business uh, with uh, recent graduates who are currently unemployed who can help them uh, in terms of digitizing uh, some of their business operations. And I, what I really appreciated about the process that they created, uh, you know, was one, how simple the application was, and two, how effective and clear their communication was. Um, you know, quite often with grant funding programs, I, it can be really confusing to uh, small businesses who are trying to navigate them. Um, and, and, and this case was, you know, kind of a shining star example of they just made it super clear, um, you know, kind of what the time frame was going to be, you know, when the application deadline was, when they would be notified by, and then, you know, in advance when they had to have uh, the new hire placed. Um, 
As a result of that, they had 1,700 applications for 175 grants that they had available to uh, give out. So that was that was. Sorry, can you say those numbers again? Yeah, they had 1,700 applications for 175 grants that uh, they were allocated to distribute uh, in that first round of the program. Um, so, you know, on, on the one hand, it, you know, you look at that and you say, you know, wow, that's like a 10%, um, you know, uh, approval rate, um, you know, which could be which could be really discouraging to a small business. Um, but on the other hand, what that says to me, having seen a lot of programs that go undersubscribed, is that it's a program that's worth modeling in terms of some of the ways that I, that they were really effective at making the process simple and easy to apply to. Um, so, so th- that's one that I, that I want to, you know, kind of shed some light on because I think, uh, you know, kind of some of those things that they've done really well are, uh, you know, things that uh, other funding programs could look at in terms of modeling. Um, other programs that I think are hitting in- unique marks, uh, you know, within the funding ecosystem, uh, Venture for Canada um, has done a really good job of uh, kind of really building out a talent ecosystem for startup businesses to tap into. Um, so initially they had their flagship uh, new grad hiring program, um, which worked with a lot of, you know, kind of the well-known uh, startups within uh, the Canadian ecosystem. But more recently, I think what's what's really interesting is how they've expanded their offering into, uh, you know, subsidized uh, student project work and internships. Uh, and I think this is, I think that's one of the biggest areas that, um, you know, startups um, really need help in, in terms of, uh, you know, having a go-to place to start building their talent pipe, pipeline from. Um, having spent a lot of time working within uh, the campus recruitment space in Canada uh, early in my career, um, there's not always a clear connection point between, you um, you know, how a college or university operates and uh, the resources that a startup has in order to hire. Uh, so I really like what Venture for Canada is doing and and some of the funding uh, that flows through their programs. Um, the other would be... And to be clear, sorry, Venture for Canada, that's a nonprofit, right? That's not government? Uh, yeah, it, it's a nonprofit that's funded by government. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so you find them by looking for them in particular, not a government department. Sorry, one more. And, and then the other one would be uh, Pallet Skills. Um, so recently, uh, one of the companies that I work with uh, who received uh, career launcher funding um, was able to identify uh, the candidate that uh, they ended up selecting uh, through Pallet Skills. And uh, Pallet Skills, uh, you know, offers second career training, uh, you know, both in tech and B2B sales training. Um, so essentially taking people who um, I think for the most part, you know, have had careers in the retail sector and in some ways are being displaced and retraining them for, uh, you know, kind of sales positions, either within a business to business or tech environment. Um, so they have some unique models that I think are really effective with helping startups access talent as well. Very cool. And 
I, I, I don't want to turn this podcast into a spelling contest, but Palette Skills is P-A-L-E-T-T-E. So it's paletteskills.org if you want to look that up. So th- thank you for those. What, so what do you think characterizes a good program? Is it really mainly about all about the, 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 the ease of applying, or are there other attributes that you look for in terms of saying, yeah, this is something that you should really consider applying for? Yeah, so I, th- so, I mean, I, I think clarity um, in terms of the communication about, uh, you know, kind of who the program is for, um, what they can expect, uh, and then both the ease, ease of application uh, as well as the ease of reporting uh, once they do get funding it, it are important criteria to think about. Um, but then also, you know, kind of what additional support is wrapped around it. Uh, and the best funding programs, you know, uh, aren't programs that just offer funding. They're typically programs that, uh, you know, may offer mentorship. So, I, you know, when I when I launched my business, um, I received some funding through the Futurepreneur Spin Master Innovation Fund. Uh, and a big component of that was, uh, you know, kind of support and mentorship as well as, uh, you know, kind of access to some of their corporate partners like Spinmaster Toys uh, for mentorship as well. Um, so I think, you know, access to, uh, you know, kind of wraparound support um, is is a really important component of a program. Um, other programs also will offer introductions to customers. Um, I, so some of the uh, programs through uh, the regional innovation centers can, uh, you know, help companies uh, access either enterprise or government customers, uh, which I think is an important component as well. Um, and then, you know, also connections to other funders. Um, so one of the common things that I've seen is that companies who get funding get a lot more funding um, based on building good relationships with the funders who are supporting them. Jeremy, where do you figure that most entrepreneurs get stuck when they're applying for grants? Yeah. So as I've been talking to them, uh, what I'm finding is in a lot of cases, it's one, a combination of finding programs that they qualify for and are aligned with the growth plan that they have for their business. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's not super easy to, you know, kind of go to one place and have a list or have a really good searchable directory um, of all of the funding programs and, you know, being able to, you know, kind of drill that down into which ones are for the, for them. Um, and then the second part is, I, you know, how much work goes into the first few grant applications and, I, you know, kind of if they're resource constrained, like time and money, um, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, kind of make that commitment to what's required to go through some of those first grant applications. Um, so some of the solutions to those are there are some, you know, kind of good tools like Fundica uh, that can help to bridge the research gap um, for finding programs. Um, but in addition to like, I, that's the program that I use. I use their advisor tool. Um, but I'll sorry, that name again was uh, Fundica. So Fundica, F-U-N-D-I-C-A. Got it. Man, I, sh- I should be a <laughs> English teacher, spelling teacher or something. Okay, sorry. You, you, are, will, you are winning the spelling bee today, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I get to choose the words to spell. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Sorry. Uh, 
So, so use FunDK to help identify programs. Yeah, but I, I still find that I need to be on a ton of newsletters to set up Google alerts and then to regularly check back on uh, ministry websites to, you know, kind of find program updates. I, so I think, I think we're getting there in that, uh, you know, we're starting to have tools to help us curate these programs. Um, but I think there's still a long way to go in terms of really streamlining the process. Um, so, uh, so there's that piece. I, then, you know, when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, how much work goes into it, uh, the way that some companies are finding they can simplify it is, you know, A, if they understand that, you know, kind of the heavy listing is going to be in that first few grants, um, you know, by my estimation, about 80% of a grant application, once it's been, you know, kind of drafted and, and developed into, you know, the application building blocks can be repurposed on future applications. Um, so if you understand now you're talking, yeah, like if that. you understand that going in, then it's that much more encouraging. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things that, uh, Julian from a spectrum shared, uh, you know, with our group recently was, you know, kind of a, you know, we worked through those first couple applications together and, you know, kind of, I, you know, did the heavy lifting, but then, you know, kind of once we had those building blocks ready, then every new application, you know, wasn't that intimidating because, you know, we're really looking at that final 20% that, you know, we have to, uh, you know, uh, create a custom answer to, uh, and we could repurpose the, you know, kind of tell us about your company, you know, talk about, uh, you know, kind of some of, uh, you know, your past, uh, you know, successes, uh, you know, those types of building blocks that uh, go into a funding application. Um, once we get them done, then we can then we can use them again and again. So you do have to see it as, as you what you called your, your your company funding path. You do have to see it as a journey, a continuum, and you get better at it as you go along the way. You find out what works, and so you so so the process streamlines itself as you as you get better at it. Yeah, and there's a big intimidating hill at the start of it. <laughs> right, and that's probably a good thing because it it. it deters a lot of people who probably don't have a good chance of getting uh, grants and it and and it uh, rewards those who persevere so there's there's probably a reason for that and we, we've probably emphasized the work but not enough of the rewards so what 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 kind of rewards are out there if 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 I develop if I'm an organization like a spectrum and, and I develop a capacity for applying for grants, what kind of assistance can I look forward to getting, you know, over the next couple of years if I keep at it? Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple categories of uh, funding that are available. Um, so uh, a common one that a lot of companies apply to are hiring grants uh, and subsidies. Um, so a, these tend to focus, uh, uh, quite a few of them focus in and around the youth category. Uh, so uh, for um, graduates who are between the ages of 15 and 29, um, so there's, there's different grants and subsidies out there to uh, hire an unemployed youth. Um, so th that tend to be where a lot of companies will look to start. Then 
The next category would be uh, innovation grants. So this would include uh, programs like IRAP and FedDev and uh, in Ontario, the Ontario Centers of Innovation. Um, and uh, those programs really help with uh, investing in research and development um, and then being able to take that research and development out to market. Um, and then a third category I, that I, you know, is, is a popular one for early stage companies is the uh, can export program. And so that helps companies as they're entering into a new foreign market. Um, so it could be the U S or Europe or any, any different international market um, that, uh, that there's funding to uh, help them with some of those marketing activities, whether it's going to trade shows or uh, the modification during COVID has been to support, uh, you know, digital marketing campaigns as well. Fantastic. I want to switch gears here now as we begin to ease out of this program. I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, 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 the focus that you had earlier in your career, which was mentorship. I'm a huge fan of mentorship for entrepreneurs and actually for just about any other type of person who wants to succeed in, 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 in uh, you know, a venture or a profession of any kind. Uh, tell me what you think are the benefits of mentorship and why entrepreneurs should seek that out. Yeah. So, you know, first I'll qualify in terms of, you know, kind of my definition of mentorship. Uh, because I think that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I've come to see not everybody looks at mentorship the same way. Um, but, you know, the, the way that I look at mentorship is is finding somebody who's gone down the path that I'm looking to go down and who I can have, you know, a direct interaction with so that they can, you know, begin to, you know, understand you know, me, uh, my business and my values and, and kind of how I'm hoping to grow and develop my business um, and then pro provide and share some direct experience that they've gone through as, you know, kind of we talk about some of the challenges or opportunities that I'm pursuing. So that's exactly my definition of mentorship. Are there other people who have different, have, have wildly different uh, uh, understandings of that term? Um. I've heard I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, kind of people, uh, you know, kind of reference indirect mentors. So listening to podcasts is not mentorship. Yeah, that, that's kind of so listening to podcasts, reading books, things like that. <laughs> it, you know, while I so I, I, I very good professional development activities, but not the same as having a one to one relationship or 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 one to many have multiple mentors who can actually talk with you and learn about you and, and, and gear their their wisdom to your situation. Yeah, I, I, I would call I would call those types for those them role models, you know, so th those are people in, in I love role models. I, you know, kind of learn a lot about, I, you know, how I want to approach business by reading, you know, about the stories and listening to podcasts, uh, you know, of the stories that, you know, other entrepreneurs have gone down and how they've, you know, pursued opportunities or addressed challenges. The difference comes when, you know, I'm uh, in the, this just draws on my own experience with mentorship in that, you know, kind of, when I'm in a critical situation, either, you know, I've got it, I'm presented with, um, you know, a challenge that uh, is going to have a significant impact on my business, or I have a, a, an excellent opportunity that I have to make a decision on. Um, that's where having a mentor that I have a direct relationship with 
who will kind of, you know, step in and give me feedback in that moment, um, who, you know, spent time to get to know me and, uh, you know, understand some of the history I, with me in my business can give me some feedback in that moment to either help me address the challenge or pursue the opportunity. Fantastic. Okay. Final question around here. We like to ask for one really good small business tool that entrepreneurs could use and take away from this conversation directly. So what's your most actionable piece of advice for entrepreneurs? Yeah, I, you know, I'd, I'd encourage them to, um, you know, develop their own funding roadmap, whatever that looks like for them. But essentially, you know, um, once you identify, you know, what your business goals are for the next 12 months, then start to step that back or unfold it and, you know, identify funding programs that could help you in getting there uh, and then develop a system within your team that's going to help you to be able to evaluate and apply to programs that fit. Essentially, you know, developing those application building blocks that I, you know, like I shared with Julian's story, will make it really easy to apply for subsequent applications. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, as I mentioned before, since I made that offer to the TEP group back in February, I've done, you know, almost 100 calls like that. Um, if Anybody who's listened to us this far, Rick, you know, would be interest is interested in some help. Uh, you know, if they want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'd be happy to schedule some time to help them walk through the process of what that might look like for them. Uh, look him up on LinkedIn. He he likes the idea of role models for business leaders. I like the idea that Jeremy is a role model in terms of being an entrepreneur who develops solutions for businesses and is always working in the community to strengthen uh, Canadian entrepreneurship as a whole. Thank you for the contributions you make, Jeremy. Uh, good luck with, with, with all the, the ventures you're working on now. And uh, thank you for taking part in the Startup Canada podcast. My pleasure, Rick. And I look forward to seeing you back at some in-person events soon. Yeah, we're looking forward to that too. Thanks, Jeremy. We'll talk again. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. 